Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Tell you, I don't know about you, but I missed you last week. It's good to be here. It's good to be able to share the word of God with you. We read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 31. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let us pray. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the praise and the worship. We thank you for receiving us at your table that reminds us of your incredible love for us in Jesus Christ. We thank you because you have given us the best of you. Help us, Lord, always to give you the best of us. Now, O Lord, as we prepare to receive this word, we ask that you will open our understanding and our minds and our hearts to receive it, that we might continue to grow in our faith and our understanding of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. I ask myself, what seems foolish to us? What is it that really seems nonsense to us. And you know what I came up with? Usually what we don't understand. If we don't understand it, it seems foolish to us. It seems like nonsense. Good example, my, my children's chemistry homework seems like total nonsense to me. Foolishness. I can't get it. I don't understand it. I look at it. I see it. I don't get it. It seems like foolishness to me. Now, we all know chemistry is not foolish, but for somebody who doesn't understand it and who can't make sense of it, it seems like just a bunch of letters and numbers and it doesn't make any sense. So by the converse, what 
is it that we considered wise? Because this passage is all about the contrast between wisdom, right? And what? Foolishness. What is the difference? So wisdom, wisdom, by contrast, we consider wise that which we understand and that which is well laid out, that which we can explain seems wise to us, that which we can really wrap our heads around. Sometimes we think we're really wise when we know something, right? We consider ourselves wise when we know something other people don't. You know, if I know how to do something and somebody else doesn't, I think, you know, I'm, I'm wise because I know that and they don't. But we find that wisdom and foolishness in this scripture have a relationship that is very interesting because God takes these definitions and he basically turns everything on its head. He basically says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And yet to those who are being saved, he says it is wisdom from God. Now listen to the definitions again and just think about this. Because if we understand what we are doing and how we consider ourselves wise, we'll understand a little bit better about the scripture. When my kids were little, we got one of those Ikea-like dressers that comes with a lot of parts, all labeled with letters A, B, C, D, double C, double D, double E, you know, all that stuff, and all the little itty-bitty pieces. And it came in a regular box, and we poured everything out, and I thought, I know what a dresser looks like. I can put this thing together. And I laid everything out and I put the thing together and then my daughter looked at the dresser and looked at me and said, Daddy, is that brown part supposed to be looking out at me like that? It was a white dresser. And I said, baby, no, I'm pretty sure I messed up. But the thing didn't come with instructions. And my daughter said, yes, it did. You just didn't look. Inside the box, between the bottom flap and the edge of the box, was stuck instructions about that big. And I pulled those things out. And I began to unfold. And before I knew it, there was a sheet about that big. Numbered with huge one, two, three, and every single piece detailed, and even pictures of the pieces. And I had to go through the humbling process of taking that thing apart, starting from the beginning again, and putting it back together the way it was supposed to go. How many times do we think that we know better than somebody else on how to do something? Only to discover that we are not as wise as we thought we were. You know, I thought I was wiser than the people that designed the desk in the first place because I was going to just put it together myself. How many times do we think in those terms of ourselves we find ourselves in Job's shoes, telling the creator of the universe how things should go. Explaining to God how things should be. 
And God has to remind us that he made everything and that he is over everything and that he knows everything. And who are we to question the wisdom of God? Sometimes we think so much of ourselves that we forget that God always knows better than we do. When we think of the message of the cross, the analogy holds true. It is foolishness to those who are perishing because they don't understand how the message of the cross makes a difference in their lives. And therefore, they don't follow the instructions, they don't follow the scripture, they don't follow the word of God because they don't understand how it leads them to a new life in Christ. To many of them, it seems like just more rules to live by, more stuff to follow. And it doesn't make sense to them. They live their lives self-centered. It's all about me and my family and what I can get and what I can accumulate. Instead of being able to understand that what they consider foolish is truly the way to salvation in Christ. It is foolishness to the perishing because they simply don't understand how it can lead to salvation. When they read the words in Matthew 16, 25, it makes them even more confused. For those who want to save their lives will lose it, and those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. You see, the message of the cross is a message that to the, the untrained ear sounds like a message of defeat. Giving up your life does not sound like a win. It sounds like a loss. It sounds like a time in which you give up instead of gain. But if, for those who have understood the message of the cross, what seems foolish to others become wisdom and power of God because they understand that in laying down their lives, they're able to gain much more. That life in Christ is better than life outside of Christ. And that therefore it is a good road to take. The message of the cross for us is not a message of defeat. It is a message of victory. For others, it's a message of one who was slain on a cross. For us, it's about one who was given up as the sacrifice for our sins, and then rose again from the dead. When we sung those songs, they were about what? That body coming back to breathing again and declaring through its life that there was life for us. For us who believe in this message of the cross, it is power from God because we can see how the cross leads to our redemption and our salvation we can connect the dots in the story and understand. But you can't do that. You can't understand the message of the cross if you don't study the word of God. You've got to know the story, but more than know the story, you've got to understand what it means for your life. Like someone looking at the instructions to put together a dresser, we need to read the story of the cross and to see God's plan of salvation. And then we have to use it as a template to help put our lives together. You see, you might not realize it, but our lives are in pieces most of the time. I don't know where you're 
DD is or your EE is, but my pieces sometimes get flung all over the place. And I need help putting my life together because I can't do it by myself. No matter how wise I think I am, there is a time and a place where we come to a part that we cannot do ourselves. In your case, it might be an addiction, it might be an illness, it might be a problem in your family, it might be something that is keeping you from being at peace on your everyday life. Whatever it is, there's things in your life that no matter how smart you are, no matter how wise you think you are, you cannot do by yourself. You need Jesus. And you need the power of God in your life to be able to overcome those things. You would think that a message that was this powerful would be given and entrusted to very wise people. But the scripture tells us that it was entrusted basically to a bunch of misfits. A group of fishermen, a tax collector, one who would betray Jesus, and several others of not great repute. And yet it was to these people that the message of the cross was explained and shared with by Jesus. It was these disciples that were hearing about how this was going to change the course of the world. And it was these disciples that ended up, many of them, giving their lives in martyrdom to make sure that people knew that there was salvation in Christ and that everyone could come to Jesus. You heard about the AEDs. Automated external defibrillators is actually what it means. And you know what's interesting about the AEDs? They're designed in such a way that a child looking at the pictures could operate one. Did you know that? They're designed in such a way that there's pictures showing you exactly where to put things and what button to, there's a picture of the buttons to press so that even a child can operate one because the idea is when somebody is in distress and in trouble, there is no time for you to go and find somebody else to come and provide the aid that is needed. You need to do it right then and right there if you're going to save a life. And why do I share that? Because I think that when Jesus entrusted the disciples and us with the powerful message of the cross, he was giving us the instructions on how to be lifesavers by sharing Jesus with people in their time of need right then and there. And he was expecting you and I to step up to the plate and to be Jesus to somebody who was in need at that very moment. And so many times we feel like we're foolish and we can't handle it. But the reality is that if you understand that Jesus is the power of God for salvation, you are wise in God because you know the plan that brings life. And you might be the only person 
around that individual that has come into your path that is able to share Jesus in a way that shocks that person into new life. You might be the person that God has designated at that moment to share a word, to share your presence, to share your prayer with somebody who needs it in order to come to life in Christ. And it truly is a matter of life and death. And I want to tell you at that time, you need to remember the word of God that tells you the story of Jesus. And you need to remember what Jesus has already done in your life. And you need to be Jesus to that person so that they can know Christ and have life abundantly. Now the person might look at you like you are nuts. Who are you to share this with me? What makes you so wise? You know, people sometimes look at us like we're a little crazy because we know Jesus. But it's okay. It's okay at that point to say, look, I'm just a fool for Jesus. And I want you to know him because he loves you more than anyone else ever will. It's okay. Share the good news that he has called you to share. That message of the cross that might not make sense at first. And let God work his saving power. You know, those ADs shock somebody. And they bring their hearts back to rhythm. But that doesn't mean that they're done. It just means that they have begun a life of care of their heart and their condition from there forward. They need to do other things. When we share Jesus with somebody else, we are simply giving them that initial shock that says there's life in Jesus and you can, you can go with the rhythm of the heart of God. And you can experience that new life. And you can walk in this newness. And you can be called foolish by somebody else because you will know the power of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Just as the AED does, doesn't work by itself, we don't work by ourselves. We work by the power of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us through the steps. The scripture says that when, when we need to talk to somebody about Jesus, we need to open our mouths and let the Spirit fill it. But so many times we, are, we feel inadequate because we haven't had any proper training. We, we, we don't, haven't been in enough Sunday school or Bible study, or we feel like we just don't have the right words. But the scripture tells us that if we will only open our mouths, God will give us the words. We need to be willing to share Jesus with those who are perishing so that they will know the power of God. Today, I'm going to open the altar. I'm going to open the altar because 
You might be the one that needs to share Jesus with somebody else in your path. But you might also be the one that needs to be shocked this morning. So the altar is going to be open and either one of them that you are, I want you to come and pray. I want you to come and be prayed for because I want the power of God to be in you so that when you encounter somebody, you will shock them for Jesus. That they will know that you know the life that is in Christ. Let us bow our heads and pray as the prayer uh, team comes forward and the worship team gets ready. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you because there is life in Christ and you have made us, O Lord, to be sharers of the good news of Jesus. You have invited us, O Lord, to go and to meet people where they are. Lord, there are so many around us with missing pieces, so many that are broken, so many, O Lord, that need your help to be put back together. And Lord, we want to be tools in your hands. We want to be instruments of your blessing. We want to be used by you in every situation. So Heavenly Father, as we open this altar and as we pour ourselves out to you, We simply ask that you will help us to bring people into newness of life in Christ. That you will give us the opportunities and the words. And that you will give us the power, Lord. The power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to shock people into new life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the opportunity to share the good news. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.